and we're back for another Squiggly at Encounters podcast minisode, where we bring you our Q&A sessions with the attending animation filmmakers at this year's Encounters Film Festival that recently took place here in Bristol. I'm Ben Mitchell, Squiggly Editor-in-Chief and the host of these Q&As. We're going to be hearing Session 5, where we meet some of the talented folks whose films were in the competition screening Ubiquitous Chip. In our binary world of devices and screens, life is defined through digital means. From utopian dreams to dystopian demise, the data processes truth, love, and lies. That's from the program description. I realized as I was reading it aloud that it was a little poem. Could have bailed on it, but no. I committed. Kiranago, the animation programmer, informed us at the beginning of the screening that Ubiquitous Chip is actually the name of a Scottish restaurant. These films, however, were more centred around modern technology and all the sociological pros and cons that come with it. We're going to be hearing from Laura Reedy, director of Ripple Home, a vibrant and engaging film that uses a variety of design styles to explore the modern dilemma of trying to define what love means while being physically apart. Yola Bankowska will also be telling us about her film Story, a wonderfully atmospheric short set in the age of omnipresent technology, where the virtual sinks into reality, and a young woman observes the world via social media. The similarly themed but visually and tonally distinct hashtag 21XOXO also screened in this program. It's a wonderfully trippy onslaught of social media, speed dating, cyber love, hipster culture, and post-net attitudes from directors Sina and Imga Erzbulger. Imga wasn't able to attend, but we'll hear from Sina and the film's composer Remco Vaines. Let's go! Hi, my name is Laura Reedy. Uh, my film was called Ripple Home, and I was the director and the animator and illustrator of my film. Hi, I'm uh, Sina Erzbulger, and I'm the director of Hashtag 21XOXO. In the audience is also sitting the composer, Remco Vance, if you have questions for the music. Thank you. My name is Jola Banikowska. I made a film, A Story, and I'm a director and animator and a designer. Let's start with Ripple Home. So is this a sort of self-started film, like an independent film, or was it commissioned for anything? Uh, my film was not commissioned. Um, it was self-started, uh, and it was just a personal project that I wanted to make. So I decided to just make it, <laughs> yeah. What was the um, incentive then to make the film? Was it prompted by anything specific? Um, I like uh, short films and I watch a lot of short films and uh, go to a lot of film festivals. So I've always wanted to make a short film. And then one day I was just like, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> I'm gonna make a film. Um, and. Uh, I was also uh, thinking a lot about the fact that I've lived away from my family for 10 years. I live on a, the opposite coast from them in the United States. Uh, so it's a time, different time difference, like very far away, and we use uh, technology to like keep in contact with each other. But um, I realized over the years that the, the um, bond, I guess, between us is not as strong as it would be if I was there like physically with them. Um, so I think the film was just about expressing that and exploring that. Mm -hmm. So what sort of uh, background do you have then in animation or design? Uh, do you work outside of making your own work? 
I do, yeah. I'm a freelance animator in Los Angeles. Um, I work on movie titles, uh, commercials, really large animated billboards. Um, I do mainly motion graphics um, and stuff like that. So mainly like After Effects, some Photoshop and Illustrator. Yeah. Yeah, definitely got the sort of, there's quite a range of animation styles on display in the film and certainly different approaches to character animation and stuff like that. Were you kind of solely then in charge of all the visuals or did you have a team put together for it? No, there was no team. It was just me. Uh, that's why my film is so short. <laughs> um, I just had a very like strong vision, I guess, of what I wanted it to be. And I often work on like large uh, group projects where there's a lot of animators and there's a lot of producers and everyone. And I, I think I just wanted to do something that was just me um, to kind of just be away from like what I'm doing at work or all that, so, yeah. And uh, so did you write the narration as well? I did, I wrote the narr the poem myself. Um, I like to write a lot before I start uh, storyboarding or animating or drawing out ideas. Um, for me, it just, it's a fast way to just like tap into, I guess, like emotions or like get ideas out there. Uh, so, yes. So going back to the visuals, it seemed like there was kind of a combination of 2D and possibly CG, like interwoven. Do you have a preference for one or the other? <laughs> or? Um, I don't. I, I like both. Um, and I like, I know usually people prefer one or the other. Um, I mainly do 2D, um, like on the job, I guess. Uh, but I like th using 3D and I like experimenting with 3D and being technical. Um, in my work, so, yeah. Cool. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, you're welcome. Cool. So, uh, story, uh, is it Yola? Yes. Yeah, it would also be nice to hear a bit about your personal background and um, what kind of work you do um, outside of and leading up to making this film. So, uh, my film is Story and uh, that's my debut film, which is like first film after school. So I made it like just after finishing studies and and then I moved to London like one year ago to get some experience in in the industry and say like check how I feel with working with a client work and uh, working full-time and uh, at the same time like stories traveling around the world so it's nice to go to festivals yeah and now I'm starting a new short film which I'd, which uh, I got a funding from Polish Film Institute uh, because in Poland we have like quite long tradition of founding films, so it's like so it's a bit easier, I guess. For if I compare, let's say, with London friends, like there's like maybe it's so easy. So that's the background. I, and I've studied graphic design on Academy of Fine Arts in Warsaw, so I have like traditional background, and and then I started animating on like during the studies because we have like small animation department. Uh, it's small, but we have like strong um, tutors, so it's like like we have really like room like one fourth of this. <laughs> like you you have just one computer, but yeah, like you can learn a lot about the story, about like thinking, like yeah. So it's good. So was it the studio Munka? Was that the production studio? Uh, yes, okay, it's like it we have like Polish Film Institute, which is like main thing, and then yeah. the smaller part of it is Studio Munka okay. and they support like debut films. Okay, excellent. Yeah. So were they, did they offer sort of personnel, like people that you could use to help make the film? 
or was it more just sort of funding? Uh, it's more funding and then promotion. So let's say now they're sending a film to festivals. I don't do it. I just, so it's kind of help, but uh, yeah. Can you tell us a bit about um, where the idea for the film came from and how the sort of story kind of generated itself? Uh, yeah, so uh, so I studied graphic design and there's, I was mostly painting and drawing uh, and uh, and then I started doing animation. I, I realized I really like it and I really want to make films uh, because I always liked films but like I didn't see myself as a live action director and suddenly it was like well you can like make it by yourself and or with a small group and yeah, and, and use your skills, uh, like design skills or uh, painting skills, which is like nice. Uh, yeah, and then I was like gathering some, I was like, I like to observe people and situation and like draw it or now mostly like taking photos of some situation which like describe the bigger thing, like it's like a poster. So you, you see some situation which Describe the bigger problem or the bigger like yeah like thing which is uh, yeah which uh, works like like poster in a way so I think uh, yeah so it started as like um, a lot of scenes and then I like started to see that it's it has like a similar theme so yeah and yeah then the main character kind of evolved and. Yeah. Were there any uh, specific influences on the design style for the film? Uh, not really. I, um, I know. I think my previous works <laughs> are my inspiration. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah. At that time, I was just trying to make something I like, like for a longer period than like three days, and uh, yeah, just experimenting. Yeah. I noticed the music was uh, by Skillbard, yeah. who I think we've featured in the past. Um, could you tell us a bit about your relationship with Skillbard and getting the music for the film? Uh, yeah, so there are like two guys from London, and I moved to London, and I didn't know many people. So, like, uh, I mean, I was still in Poland, but I decided to collaborate with someone from London, and I like their work, so I decided to just ask them if they have time and and so on. Uh, yeah, and I really, really enjoyed this collaboration. Like they have really, like they really understand what you want. It's really hard to talk about music, and yeah, it's so. The, and I found the process quite easy. Uh, yeah, and we know each other because there are, in London you have a uh, lots of uh, um, events uh, for animation, uh, like Loop the Loop or like. Um, I don't know, like uh, lots of like parties for animators. Yeah, it's a nice <laughs> so, community. Yeah, so yeah. so we meet each other like twice a month. So it's also nice to like uh, know the person you collaborate. Yeah. So are you still in London at the moment? Yes. Or? Yeah. So what are you up to at the moment? Now I'm leaving my job. You're leaving. <laughs> yeah, leaving, okay. and I'm starting a new film. Yeah, and I. Yeah, I was saying London. It will be hard, probably. To, I mean, it will be better to come back to Poland and stay there because it's cheaper. <laughs> but I really like London now, so yeah. Okay. 
probably so honesty. Are you taking time then to make a film kind of on your own or is it, have you secured funding for it? Yeah, I have like secured funding. Yeah, now I'm like searching for a good place to just go outside from home and yeah. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Well, good luck with that. And uh, congratulations. Thank you yeah. very much. Thank you. Cool. Uh, so is it Sinny? Yes. Sina? Sina, okay. Um, so yeah, hashtag 21XOXO. Um, <laughs> I guess, again, if you could tell us a bit about yourself and your work and I guess what kind of brought this film about initially. Uh, well, so I'm originally from Istanbul. And um, since about more than six years, I'm living in Belgium now. Um, I have a background that is mixed with graphic design and animation. I think that's quite visual in the style of the movie. And I like to create obscure and surreal worlds where I bring like subconscious desires, conflicts and things that I absorb from around me um, into movement. Does that explain? Yeah. So, I mean, it's a film, I think, sort of ostensibly about online dating, but as it goes, it becomes sort of more of a all-encompassing overview of just the world today. Was online dating as a subject kind of a springboard for you? Like, but Yes, I think we can say that. Actually, um, maybe a lot of people will wonder if I am online dating, but not really. I'm, I'm more of a person who is fond of um, real moments but um, we see this technology infiltrating our lives uh, every day more and more and love is one of the most intimate subjects it's the closest thing to us and when you see digitalization being becoming part of it um, it's a strange feeling and uh, you don't know if it's a good thing or if it's a bad thing. Um, maybe on Tinder, for instance, you will lose like the um, smell of a person or the mimics of a person. But at the same time, you might meet someone uh, that you would never in your real life meet just because you don't cross in the physical world yeah. at that point. So I think as a director and as an artist, uh, what people do is they they want to tell something, but sometimes it's just hard to only say it in words that you want to give people a feeling of what you mean. That's what I tried to do with the film. Um, I hope it uh, came across. Personally, I was really happy when I heard people laughing in the cinema. I think that's really, that that's makes it, that's why you make films. Uh, or I don't know if you make something dramatic, you want to be more crying. <laughs> Or like gasp in heart, yeah. No, there were some lovely um, little sort of visual moments. I think probably my favorite is the Alfred Hitchcock Twitter bird attack. I love that. It brought to mind a bunch of different eras of animation and design and uh, like art in general. Certainly like there was a quality, the rotoscoped quality to it sort of really felt reminiscent of like... Yellow Submarine and uh, Preet Pan did a film called Hotel E which sort of had a similar psychedelic color palette matched with the rotoscoping um, but it's also it feels very now and very kind of contemporary and retro at the same time and it was a very sort of effective marriage I thought of you know the new and the old but the overriding thing I guess is just this very very garish color palette uh, all sort of neons and feels very kind of 80s. I think, I'm not sure if the word's vaporwave 
or yes, a yes. certain style. Yes, it's um, Was there a particular reason why that was kind of the main design focus of the film, or that it recurs so much? Well, I, as you said, uh, actually, also the inspirations that you said, like Hotel E, those are films that I really love. So that's a great observation. So the film had to be contemporary. Uh, that's why I went more into the um, post-net aesthetics. Uh, also, if you look at the contemporary art world, uh, this kind of aesthetics are emerging, and it's. I think animation has to come a little bit out of the cinematographic screen and more into the art world. So that was one of the reasons why I wanted to um, interlace the drawing with the more um, post-net aesthetics. And I can add, um, I specifically wanted to have rotoscopy in the film. In my previous film I also worked with mixed media. I had uh, live action and animation mixed. And I used these mediums to create some game of realities. At the ending of the film, for instance, we come back to real life action, but in a way it's still not real. Yeah. So I, I want the audience to really um, feel this through the medium. Um, what I can add to is I used a lot of uh, like contemporary video clutter uh, from technological gadgets like GoPros, Skype, uh, surveillance cameras. I translated this into animation to create this um, superficial and subconscious layer of social media, basically. And there I can add that Remco, he, uh, he did the music. We also had the idea to work with social media sounds for the music composition itself. And uh, we worked really closely uh, on it to create a specific soundtrack for the film. Yeah. I guess uh, maybe we could uh, talk a bit about your perspectives working on the film and um what your process was, I guess, creating the music. Cool. Well, I guess to sort of begin with, did you communicate sort of throughout, or did you kind of give them a brief to begin with and then uh, let them loose? I started out a bit slowly, also quite in the beginning of the animation program, uh, yeah. program when there was mostly like, animatic and some, already some animated parts, but I started out searching a bit for for a team and what I would work with. Uh, quite ironically, the film is set uh, mostly in the digital age, but I used mostly analog equipment to create the music. But I guess it also fits with the team because uh, the analog gear also has some kind of uh, weaker hit. Uh, I don't know kind of fits in, in the current. Yeah. Age like the fetish with the gear going back to, uh, to uh, like away from the computer and working with the equipment or something. Uh, I don't know, we had quite some uh, talks about the music. We went back and forth. It was interesting to uh, work with somebody with an animation background and then me with a music background trying to communicate about the music because you don't have a different language and you have to try and translate it into uh, like uh, if I get some feedback I have to try and translate it and, and how I can technically uh, change the piece so it becomes more uh, what Sina wanted. Mm. Like uh, if she would say it needs to be a bit more happy or something. Mm. Yeah. Things like how can I make it more happy? You know? <laughs> 
and also for me it was uh, I've made previously like maybe some music for like uh, arts installation or but never really like uh, scored any music to a uh, film so it was also for me quite a learning process yeah but a really interesting one because uh, it allowed me to make like uh, um, I really enjoyed making this music but I never really had the reason to venture into this kind of more uh, so how did you guys come to work together then? Had you done each other before? Well, we are uh, husband and wife. Mm. Okay. That's a pretty good uh, arrangement. <laughs> yes. Excellent. Cool. Uh, sort of general question to all you guys about working with, I guess, semi-abstract animation, even though there's sort of narrative through lines, and the visual generation in general. I think the great thing about this sort of era of independent animation and contemporary animation is that sort of traditional production pipelines, you don't necessarily need to follow them rigidly to get a very effective uh, piece of work. And I was wondering, for each of your films, to what extent, if any, you used any kind of traditional pre-production methods like storyboarding or animatics or or was it more of a kind of stream of consciousness, like coming up with visuals on the fly sort of thing? I did some uh, traditional techniques of production, but I would say not all because it would have taken me too long. Um, so I did uh, sketch out storyboards um, and then I, you know, wrote and uh, like took notes and things like that. But um, I didn't do an automatic. I just ex kind of experimented with like one or two scenes um, and then that kind of informed what the rest of the animation was going to be. Um, I think that doing all that work is important especially if you're doing like a longer piece but um, since this is my first film I just wanted to experiment and see what kind of came out um, and I think I'm, I've started my second film and I'm, I already am noticing I'm being a little more rigid and a little more formal in the process because uh, now I kind of have more of an idea of how I want things to be, so. Okay. Um, well, the thing is, if you want to get funding, you need to start making animatics and storyboards and the industry is really pushing you to a more linear kind of um, uh, storytelling. Um, which is not um, bad and I understand it in a way because if people want to fund your film they want to know what you're going to make. Mm -hmm. uh, in my case I did have a storyboard and I had to make an animatic uh, which I didn't like too much because uh, experimenting really g gives birth to unique uh, outcomes and you kind of lose that but I thought okay I will do this and then during production I will be a little bit naughty <laughs> and uh, start putting things in between. So that's how it went. Uh, well, in Belgium, at least, that's the progress. Yeah, I think it's similar in Poland that you can, you, you have to have like, uh, like some style frames and script and, and stuff. Um, yeah, and uh, in my case, in this film, uh, it was my like debut film, so I didn't know as much about production. Like, as I said, like we in school, we mostly learn like about thinking, about idea, like not like uh, 
uh, proper crafts, let's say. Like, uh, um, so I think it was like very, like, um, um, I would say, not like proper production. That uh, even at the end I was adding some scenes. <laughs> even the the rest was like finished. So uh, that's that's why also I. I I uh, decided to get a job and like make more client work because I can at least compare how it works, how it's how it works. Um, uh, which I realize it's not so different in a way. It's like there are like tools, programs to use, like when it comes to like s scheduling stuff or like writing the scenes and and stuff. But like the process I itself, like it's not. Uh, yeah, it's not so different. Um, yeah, and I think it's important in independent film like, to be like super open, like uh, like have a medium, like hopefully have a medium which gives you opportunity to change it, like change the uh, the film along the way. Because I can't imagine to like let's say make a script. And animatic, and then work three years on this film without changing it because it's like it's yeah. like almost impossible. It's like I don't know. It's very like if I'm thinking about like a stop motion animation when they it's usually like that because it's very long process of making puppets and then uh, making animation. It's like for me, it, I would be scared that I will stop liking this film, this script, and everything. It's like very yeah. risky, you know. Like to not being able to to change, or you need to throw out a lot of footage, which is like, yeah. That's Thank you. Cool. Uh, we have some time. Uh, are there any questions from the audience for the filmmakers, or do you have any questions for each other? Uh, how did you fund your film, and uh, <laughs> was that process uh, okay? <laughs> Well, I, I funded my film by working uh, <laughs> um, and I basically did not make a lot of money the year I made my film and I kind of knew that was going to be the case that year and I kind of just accepted it and had a little savings padded and if I needed money I would do a job. And then luckily I'm married to a wonderful man right over there and he helped support me during that time. But it's just something I really wanted to do independently, and I, so I did it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, in in Belgium there is a fund for films, and uh, you can go there and uh, apply. Once you graduate, they have a course. It's called a development atelier. Um, there are really a lot of people applying for these funds because art schools uh, every year a, a lot of graduates come out often you don't you're confronted with um, yeah the real world because no one tells you what to do and uh, i think actually only half of these students eventually end up in arts uh, which is sad there should be it's everywhere even if you go to a fantastic school and you um, you come out with great ideas, <laughs> it's never good enough or it doesn't prepare you for the hard world. Anyhow, I applied for this atelier uh, with this film about 
more than two years ago. And the story was uh, quite different back then. Uh, it was only centered on two characters. It was a leech and a, a female character, but I changed it afterwards because I found it gender uh, discriminating. And so I was like, no, no, it's not going to be a bad guy and a good girl or something. So it became more equal. Anyway, after you, I got this um, atelier, I prepared my first project and I went to a producer and said, hello, do you want to make my film? <laughs> and it worked out. So, but I think you, you really have to work hard uh, if you really want to make it. We talked a little bit about uh, you working on a new film, but for you two, do you have anything else sort of upcoming or that you're working on at the moment that you'd like to share at all? Well, actually, I work together with my Imge, I, my sister, who's called Hi. Imge. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Imge is also an animation film director, and she was actually selected with her graduation film uh, for the Cine Fondation in Cannes. We always co-direct uh, each other's films, so this film also is credited uh, to her. She can't be here because she is producing her next short, uh, which I'm co-directing at the moment, and our next step will be a feature film, uh, which probably will take a couple of years to produce. If, if you look at uh, shorts, they take already two years. Um, and then, yeah, I hope that we can uh, present a new film to you. Will it be animation? Yes, definitely. Oh. And she works more with um, hand-drawn hand aesthetics and watercolor, and I have a very graphic style. So we want to combine both of the styles and find something new. Uh, previously, we also collaborated on some art installations that are animated. Um, but I think this will be really a search for a complete new style and a complete new story. Have you written the story then, or is it a... It's uh, still really in the beginning. It's just a seed that's almost going to start flowering uh, with a top secret subject. <laughs> <laughs> is it more in the abstract vein that this film is in? Or? I think it will be in between. Okay. One of our favorite movies is Mind Game. If you know it, it's you have a lot of different styles in it there is a story but um, it keeps changing and it's amazing so we want to make this feature film that the audience can follow it it, it should be linear in a way that people can that more people can approach it but uh, also put enough experimental and abstract animation to keep the art quality of it high so cool. i look forward to that um, yeah, I'm, I'm working on uh, another project right now as well, another self-funded film, and it's also going to be a combination of 2D and 3D, and I'm actually collaborating with my husband, uh, who is a 3D artist, on this one, so it's going to be probably a, a little more 3D, but again, uh, it's just more of a, an experimental project and something that I'm able to just be really free with. When it comes to your being sort of at the helm of your own projects then, does that extend to the distribution? Like do you, are you in charge of like all getting it out into festivals and getting it on websites and stuff like that? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. 
that's one of the negatives of, I guess, not going that route, um, is you have to do everything. I learned a lot. Um, I was super intimidated about every step because I didn't know. Um, I'm an obsessive researcher um, and an obsessive just information person. Like I'll double and triple check everything. When, what are the rules? What are the this or that? I can see that being a huge perk, having another company or person take care of that. Um, but I also had a lot of freedom, uh, got to decide my timeline, uh, extended how long I gave myself to finish the film um, without an issue, um, so it wasn't as stressful. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, my, I have a film, and my story is very similar to yours, mm -hmm. and I wasted a lot of time trying to find a way to get money. Mm. Mm -hmm. Did you do that at all? No, I didn't. Okay. <laughs> um, I figured that since my film is, I mean, I didn't think that was going to, I I didn't see that working very well for me. And I, I guess since I work in the commercial world, I know the rules and all of that a little bit more. And I was like, no, I this needs to be like my thing. And so that I didn't even like do that whole route with it. I was like, I'm just doing this myself and whatever happens, happens. Um, and I did get into a few festivals and it was a great experience and I loved making my film. And it, that's the most important part is I enjoyed making the, the project, so. So the question was our involvement in the production and the distribution of the film? Uh, yeah, well, it was sort of mainly for Laura because I know that she made a film without any funding. But um, do you have an involvement then in getting your film out in the world, or is that kind of in the hands of the? Uh, well, family? yes, I I'm lucky enough to have a distribution house, Miu. Uh, they are really upcoming and really wonderful people, uh, supporting young uh, directors, and my production house, Lunanim, uh, which is together with Lumiere. They helped me a lot and to be honest um, I could not have produced my film independently because residing in Belgium I was struggling with uh, visa issues and you cannot stay if you don't uh, have a work after your studies. So my production house really saved my ass, <laughs> let's put it like that. Um, but I'm always involved in all the process and all the, um, yeah, what festivals I want to send it to. And I use social media to promote it also. Um, it's an age where you have to take a little bit of responsibility to have your film shown and to share it with people. Yeah, I think that's it. I think it's good experience to have like producer, proper producer and distribution because you can check what you, because you got money, which is quite obvious, but you also lose some things. You lose freedom, we lose some rights for some time, you lose uh, control in a way, like someone sending things to festivals, but you, you know, you, you just got an email that it was selected, but you... You, you can you don't have full control so I think it depends on personality some people don't like to give someone part of the job uh, and at the beginning I was exactly like that maybe because the 
art school teach us sometimes to be like like that that I was like I will send everything like to every festival I will send it by myself and everything and then, then I realized like I'm so happy that someone is doing this because I really it's so many emails like it's and when you want to work creatively on the next film you really don't want to do it so yeah uh, I would suggest to like uh, yeah like have someone for having this for, for doing this but yeah it depends on personality I guess yeah cool well thank you guys very much for sharing your insights into your films thanks you guys for coming and uh Some cracking films made by some cracking people. If you haven't yet gotten a chance to check them out, or you'd like to learn more, here are some links for you. Laura Reedy's work, including Ripple Home, which you can watch online in full, is laurareedy.com. That's Reedy with two E's. And Yola Bankowska's site is yolabankowska.com. And you can keep up to speed with hashtag 21XOXO at the film's Facebook page, facebook.com slash 21xoxo.shortfilm. And for more on the work of the directors, you can find Sina Erzblger on Vimeo, vimeo.com slash s-i-n-e-o-z-b-i-l-g-e. And Imga Erzblger's Facebook page is facebook.com slash i-m-g-e-o-z-b-i-l-g-e. Thanks very much for listening. It's always a pleasure. I'll be back for the sixth and final Encounters Q&A session very soon. Until then, keep checking us out on Twitter, at Squiggly, Instagram, at Squiggly Animation, Facebook.com slash Squiggly Magazine, and our website is Squiggly.com. Spread the word. We're tremendous. I'll see you soon. Until the next episode. Happy animating. <laughs>